Here we are back again, Locked On NFL, alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We are taking you around the league daily here, as we do on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to this show on all of your favorite podcast apps, just like all the programs here on the network, including my other show, Locked On 49ers. You can find me at BD Peacock. You can follow Matt at Williamson. NFL. Speaking of those 49ers, Matt, we've got prime time to break down here a Halloween special. The 49ers remaining unbeaten going into Arizona and beating the Cardinals 28-25. We will make our picks today for the rest of the Sunday and Monday action, but let's start with Thursday night football. I think the big takeaway, Matt, was Jimmy Garoppolo first game out of eight. It was seven dominating defensive performance. This time, Jimmy Garoppolo had to lead the team with his arm through the air to that victory. Yeah, I think that's the the best thing. And and you'd be more in touch with the the 49ers contingency listening, but my hunch is they're a little disappointed with the how the game went, only 28-25. But the reality is short week against an improving team, division, you get the win, that's wonderful. And like you said, the thing that, you know, the, it was a huge concern, but the thing that I had the biggest concern with with the Niners was the passing game, and I thought Jimmy was great. Kittle was on one leg, and still they managed to move the ball through the air consistently. Um, Debo, it looked like he's starting to break out a little bit. Emmanuel Sanders is, is certainly going to be a valuable asset. So the the foggy areas of this team are starting to get clearer. Emmanuel Sanders is the one that jumps out to me, aside from Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously, who threw four touchdown passes, 317 yards. You know, those fantasy players, I think a lot of the narrative with Jimmy Garoppolo is from fantasy guys who are like, ah, Jimmy's just playing okay. He's a game manager. Uh, this was his breakout performance as far as a fantasy performance. So everyone's probably happy that that uh, had him in their lineup. If they did, Emmanuel Sanders, though, jumps in his second game as a 49er, playing a full complement of snaps this time. He was sort of getting warmed up last week and played a part-time role, seven catches, 112 yards, the touchdown on nine targets. It's the first time a wide receiver has had more targets than George Kittle in a game this year, and it's the first time the it's been a true like number one target on the outside for the 49ers in Emmanuel Sanders. So just seeing him jump in right away and be the guy for the 49ers, I think is a really great sign for the 49ers offense and the rapport already between Garoppolo and Sanders. Garoppolo throwing a ball five steps before Sanders makes a break on a deep out. Sanders turns around and he's like, oh, cool, the ball's just right here in my hands. And it just so pure as a runner, he gets open and he just looks so consistent as a catcher too. And I think the 49ers, now that we see it on the field, absolutely needed that veteran wide receiver. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Very, very well said. And I think Cardinals fans should be encouraged too. You know, hey, this Kenyon Drake guy might be an asset as well. Maybe he's somebody to keep Wild. around for the long term and yeah. incorporate the other two backs and see how that goes. And Murray made some plays. So I think things are getting better in Arizona. Yeah, speaking of guys that are brand new, Kenyon Drake was there for three days and he's already running at a 7.3 clip, 110 yards on 15 carries, involved in the pass game as well, another 52 yards there. I was impressed with Kenyon Drake. He looked fast. Uh, he and he just jumped right into that offense. Uh, that was quite surprising. I, I want to give credit to Kyler Murray for not folding. First of all, he was under pressure a lot in the first half mm -hmm. and they only had 15 yards passing in the first half. And then he ended with 241 yards through the air and a couple of touchdown passes. He started to make some plays with his legs. And I think the 49ers sort of slowed down in the second half with that pass rush and said, you know, maybe let's just try, try to contain Kyler Murray a little bit because he's starting to beat us with his legs now. 
and for that team to fight back. It looked like early in the third quarter after that last 49ers touchdown that it might be a blowout and Garoppolo might throw for six touchdown passes. But uh, credit to Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals for coming back in that game and making it a little too close, I think, for 49ers fans liking. Yeah, hey, all that was well said, too. I do think they they took the approach of I'm not mush rushing him, but don't be too aggressive with going after Kyler. And he played well. It was good to see a Andy Isabella sighting. You know, I mean, he's yeah. was been buried basically, despite all the, the multiple receiver sets. And for Drake, you know, like we mentioned, highly productive day, very explosive guy. I've liked him for quite a while. Um, but like you mentioned, kind of like Emmanuel Sanders, acclimated entirely in the offense, like overnight. I mean, that's that's impressive stuff. That's super impressive. Uh, there was a couple of matchups I think that we need to talk about that were really fun. Buda Baker and George Kittle, that was awesome because uh, I love Buda Baker. He had 13 tackles in that game, a couple for loss. He was everywhere. He made a couple pass breakups, but then George Kittle got the best of him a couple times, and he ran through him and and stiff armed him to the ground on his way to the end zone on the George Kittle touchdown. So that was a fun one. And the other one was Sanders. And a couple other wide receivers, Pettis against uh, it was mostly Sanders that like you, like you, uh, like you guessed would happen when we did the preview show. Patrick Peterson shadowing Sanders for the most part. Mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson, that wasn't the same twenty one. I remember he was getting torched. Yeah, he was. That's a <laughs> a good point, and that that is an area of concern because I, I looked at their cornerback situation and thought, boy, Byron Murphy's been a really good young corner. Uh, should be a staple for a while. Then you get Peterson back, really different type. You can match up differently. And I wonder if Sanders was just a bad matchup for him because I think I'd rather have Patrick Peterson on Mike Evans, you know what I mean, Like uh, as opposed to the shifty, yep. uh, you know, explosive little guy. Uh, we'll see, but it is something worth noting for sure. That makes sense, yeah. And he did get beat on the Dante Pettis touchdown as well. And, so, and he was quite a ways away from Dante Pettis on that one. So, I mean, he's, he has been out most of the year. Maybe still getting his legs under him there, but that's a little bit curious for the Cardinals who decided not to shop him at the deadline. And one more quick note, Cliff Kingsbury. I think Cliff Kingsbury in this game did a lot better job as a offensive coordinator of the team and getting them yeah. back. And and I love seeing Murray not fold and, and, and coming back in that game and figuring out what works and going up-tempo in the second half and, and making those adjustments to stay in that game. But what he was not good at was the head coaching part of the you know, the clock management, end of half, end of game situations. He hurt himself both times, calling the timeout on the play where the Cardinals stuffed the 49ers at the goal line, then it ended up being an Emmanuel Sanders touchdown after the timeout. And then at the end of the game, uh, he challenged a play that he should have never challenged, lost a timeout there that could have saved him a lot of time in the last two minutes. Yeah, and that was a huge play, obviously. Um, I do think it's encouraging Focus on the half full side. I mean, I think he and his offense and his quarterback and learning the league are all progressing well. I think he's starting to understand what works, what doesn't, how to get guys like Drake into space, how to attack a team laterally and horizontally. But you're right. I mean, the game management of it and all that is going to be difficult. And you worry. I mean, some of these guys that are so involved with one side of the ball, especially offensive play callers, like Andy Reid's a perfect example never become great game manager head coaches. It's just too much on your plate at once. Yeah, it's a, that's a great point. And people thought maybe Kyle Shanahan was that guy as well, and it's taken him until year three for things to really come together. So uh, I have been impressed with some things in Arizona. I think it's kind of a, a win-win for the 49ers to be able to stay unbeaten, go on the road on Thursday night, and come out with a victory. But I think the Cardinals should hang their heads high in that one, and yeah. I think it was, it's somewhat of a win, even though it was a loss for the Cardinals, who fall to 3-5-1 and one on the season. 
Yeah, and, and you hate to say it, but they're not they're not going to compete in the in the NFC. I mean, so right. a loss might actually do them more good than a win when it's all said and done, and they're trying to get this thing right. But again, they played well; they're getting better. They should hang their head high. Let's get into the rest of this Week Nine schedule and make some picks. This episode is brought to you in part by Roman. The folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes. The secret to lasting longer in the bedroom. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with our buddies at MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. Pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come through, the rewards will be gigantic. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back in the game. Here's the best part. If you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in a thousand, they'll give you a thousand. That's double your initial deposit, and you can use it on all your favorite picks. Use our promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Another London game, Wembley Stadium. This time it is. The pseudo home team for the London fan base now, the Jacksonville Jaguars are hosting the Houston Texans. Texans at five and three, Jaguars at four and four. Yeah, I'm going to take the Jags in this one. I think going across sea, you know, the going across the ocean is harder on teams than people realize, and they're. The familiarity is important, when to go, where everything's at, the way it affects your body. And I also think they'll throw on the Texans without J.J. Watt. I think it's going to be a fun game. I expect a lot of points. I think that Watson will handle the Jags' pass rush better this time around. But I think Jacksonville wins it just in in late in the game, four net pounding on them. No Jalen Ramsey there anymore, but... It's interesting. I think long-term looking at the Jaguars and them playing a bunch of games in London, I wonder how much that will help the franchise as far as fan base overseas. I know with my, I know here on Locked On NFL, looking at the numbers, Locked On 49ers, there's a ton of fans, especially overseas, that don't get local coverage of their favorite NFL team. And that's a pretty big deal. And there's a ton of 49ers fans worldwide. And I wonder if that's really going to help the Jaguars long-term. And, and it seems like it would. And then on the other side of that, what you just mentioned about a sort of a home field advantage there in London and having some more fans than the other teams that they're playing against and just being more acclimated to how it goes when you go and play in London every year. Yeah, I think knowing how to travel across seas is important. You know, when to leave, how much time to allow yourself. So I think that familiarity is helpful. That said, uh, it's a 6.30 a.m. Pacific time start, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. I'm going to take Houston, though. I just think they're still a better football team, and uh, they're only favored by a point and a half, so I'll take that. Hmm. This is an interesting one. We haven't talked about the latest news with the Washington Redskins and Trent Williams and apparently the growth on his head that was cancerous and that situation getting ugly now. The last we had heard that we had talked about, he was going to report, but then... 
it hurt to put his helmet on. And so he failed his physical. And that was curious. And was like, what's, what does that even mean? What's going on here? Yeah. And then you find out the rest of that story. And that is just wild. So Trent Williams definitely never suiting up for the Redskins. Redskins on the road at one and seven going to the Buffalo Bills at five and two. I think the Bills slaughter them. I mean, I don't know that they win by 30 because that's not how they're designed, but there's just lots of dysfunction going on in Washington. Quarterback problems. Trent Williams' situation has to trickle down to the rest of the team. Buffalo can play this thing close to the vest, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, take a couple deep shots, play great defense in their building. I think they win big. Basically, it's the Bruce Allen, will he get fired watch. I, I don't know how Bruce Allen makes it through this season with what's going on. He must be really close boys with Dan Snyder. But as far as the game goes, I agree with you. Buffalo Bills, they're favored by nine and a half. Uh, it's kind of a big line for what I think would be a low-scoring game. So I don't know if I'd bet this one, but you got to go Bills all the way. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings, six and two. They will be facing the five and three Kansas City Chiefs. This is a fun one in the early slate, Matt, in Kansas City. The Chiefs losing three of four. It's about time for them to make sure they get this turned around and, and get themselves fully into the playoffs and a healthy Patrick Mahomes and then be cruising again. Yeah, and I think they can certainly survive and compete with good teams with more as their quarterback. But I'm still going to take Vikings on the road. And the, the key for me here is the Chiefs are just allowing a ridiculous amount of production to opposing running backs. Well... I mean, other than McCaffrey, the last guy I think you want to face right now is Dalvin Cook. And that uh, the Vikings offense is humming. Have a little bit of a long week to prepare for this one. Thielen should be back. I like the way Cousins is playing. But I think this is going to be a really fun game. I'll take the Vikes. There's not many teams around the league playing better than the Vikings right now. And it's funny because there's still no line. The sports books don't want to put a line out there until they know for sure what's going on with Mahomes in this game. Mm -hmm. So that makes a big difference. Uh, and even if Mahomes plays, is he 100% Mahomes? So for those reasons, I do like the Vikings as well in this one. But if Holmes, Mahomes comes back and is 100%, I think that changes so much for the Chiefs. And in Kansas City, then I might put the Chiefs ahead. But um, otherwise, i, I got to go Vikings here. Yeah, I'm operating under the assumption he's not going to play. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, he is a superhuman individual. And the Chiefs, like I said, are, I think are competitive with Moore. He's a good backup. Um and I don't think there's any threat in their division. So I would play it cautiously with my quarterback. Speaking of one team that's playing a little bit better than the other, surprisingly, the 0-7 Dolphins at home against the 1-6 New York Jets. Our guy from Locked On Jets, John Butchko, who was on the show yesterday, thinking that the Jets are actually going to lose this one to the Dolphins on the road. How do you feel about it? I have mixed feelings because I think the Dolphins are playing better. Um, they're at home, but it's not like it's early in the season and it's a brutal place to play, and the Jets have never done that. I think Sam Darnold's just a much better player than what we've seen the last two weeks. So I'm going to put faith in Darnold, Bell, Robbie Anderson, as opposed to, you know, what we've seen from the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's nothing to hang your hat on. It's a bad game. Right, it's <laughs> a bad game, but I, I still can't yeah. bet against the Jets, even with the three points favored on the road. I think the home dog is usually a good situation to bet on, but I would stay away from that game and betting it because it's probably going to be ugly. And uh, you want to be confident in the teams you're betting on, not being like, who's worse? And this could come down to like the Dolphins Redskins where 
you know, should I go for two or not? Yeah, let's go for two. Oh, we didn't get it. <laughs> Oops, I, we didn't we get it. We still win. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the Chicago Bears at three and four. They're on the road at the four and four Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles favored by four and a half in this one. And uh, maybe the Eagles have turned the corner and figured something out. And it seems like the Bears might be going in the opposite direction right now, especially a quarterback. Yeah, this is one I'd feel pretty good about giving the Bears the points, especially in Philly. I like the, what we've seen from David Montgomery, and I think they're realizing he has to be their bell cow. But the, the way you beat the Eagles is through the air, and I don't, ex- I don't expect Trubisky to have any success doing that. Maybe Allen Robinson has a nice game, but overall I don't think that passing game's potent enough to keep up with Wentz, even though the Eagles are struggling a little. But I do think, as you said, we might look back at last week and say, okay, that's when we started to see the real Eagles, and I don't think the Bears are ever going to play like they did last year. And the Eagles didn't make a trade for a cornerback at the deadline, which was a little surprising to me, but they are starting to get a little bit healthier there, so that will help them down the, run, down the, uh, the, the final stretch of the season as well. Yeah, good point. The Indianapolis Colts at 5-2, and two, leading the AFC South. They will be facing the 3-4 and four Pittsburgh Steelers, only favored by one for the Colts. I, I feel like that line's a little low. I don't know. How do you feel about your Steelers at home against the Colts? I'm pretty sure the Steelers opened as a two-point favorite, and it's been swaying back and forth. Huh. I expect a very even game. I mean, uh, the the Colts are what five and two, and they're plus seven in, in uh, point differential. I mean, every game they've played has been within a touchdown, win or loss, and that's who they are. You know, I mean, Brissett's a good quarterback, doesn't turn the ball over. You know, they have a really good offensive line. The defense doesn't allow big plays, so everything's kind of close. A key here to me is Ty Hilton because. He was limited on Wednesday, and then Thursday he didn't practice, which is a terrible trend usually if you go backwards throughout the week. And I just think they're very Hilton-dependent in the passing game. I don't like their other receivers. So if he plays and he's 100%, I think I'm going to take the Colts like 21-20. But without him, I think their passing game will have a hard time. Um, I kind of just trust the Colts to be less mistake-prone. So... Yeah, I think a close game. I'm really looking forward to it, but I'll take the Colts in a real close one. Yeah, I trust the Colts. I think trust is a good word, and I yeah. want to see a full game from Mason Rudolph at quarterback. He's had some good halves here and there and then some abysmal halves, so I want to see that as well before I can believe that uh, that the Steelers are going to knock off, I think, what is a really good team right now and a team that is on their way to the playoffs in the Indianapolis Colts. All right, let's get to the rest of this slate. Coming up, we've got some good games here to finish it off in the afternoon. One more early game, Tennessee Titans at 4 and 4, they're on the road facing the 4 and 3 Panthers. The Panthers looking for a bounce back after getting blown out against the 49ers. Panthers favored by 3 and a half here. That seems like a good line to me. Um I like Carolina. I'd probably still give you the 3 and a half. I think they're better than what they showed last week. I mean, I think the quarterback's coming back to earth a little bit and Newton might be sooner than later, although he's seeing some some other foot specialist, so that didn't sound great to me. I guess I trust the Titans more than I did, but in Carolina against that pass rush, I'm expecting Tannehill to maybe throw one or two to the other team, and I don't think the Titans will contain McCaffrey all that well. McCaffrey is so good. Seeing him play against the 49ers last week and seeing him just the, the competitiveness he has, the dual threat, kind of player that he is 
but then again, the Titans defense is pretty good. And we saw what happened to a Panthers offense that faced a pretty good defense in the 49ers last week. Kyle Allen falling down to earth. Uh, I almost like a Titans upset here, but I can't pick any more road road teams uh, <laughs> to win here. I like the Panthers at home just barely. I don't know about three and a half points, so I don't think I would bet the Panthers to beat them by more than uh, you know a field goal. But I'll go Panthers here over the Titans straight up. The Detroit Lions three three and one in Oakland against the three and four Raiders. That's a difficult place to play. It's not a great field. The stadium's old and run down. And if you're not there often, teams can struggle. I think the Lions struggle. I don't think Stafford struggles. I think they throw all over the Raiders. But I think Oakland's gotten really good at controlling the tempo of the game, winning in the trenches. I think they squeak one out, and Josh Jacobs has a huge day. This is another like 21-20 Raider type of win. These two teams, I think with their combined six wins, I've probably picked a loss for them in all six of those games. So these teams, I just, (laughs) and as soon as I started to believe in the Lions, I started getting them wrong and predicting wins when they were getting losses. So I have no idea what to think about either one of these teams. I think as a whole, I like the Lions, but they're on the road. Oakland only favored by two in this one. Uh, I I couldn't bet it because I don't have any confidence here, but I'm going to take the Lions on the road. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Seattle Seahawks. The Bucks having a tough time here at two and five. The Seahawks six and two in second place in the NFC West. The, the Hawks only favored by four and a half at home. I, I just really like the Seahawks at home here. I don't love it. I'm not willing to go the upset special route, but I think this is going to be a surprisingly fun, high scoring game. I think Winston Evans Godwin put up big numbers collectively, and I think Seattle will be stubborn and keep running the ball against a good run defense and struggle. You know, I mean, just keep handing it to Carson and run into a brick wall, and then Wilson's going to do something magical to win it in the end, 35-34. You know, I mean, I think this is going to be a really fun one. When you're looking for that upset special, too, you're thinking, okay, which of these games could be that underdog wins straight up? And as you Mm -hmm. laid out, I could see that being the Buccaneers. I don't have the confidence to make the pick either, but I I can see where you're going with that. And the Seahawks do have some problems in the secondary, but almost no matter what the Seahawks personnel-wise, their problem is, it doesn't matter. And they just seem to win football games and and such a tough place to play at home. I don't know if this is the place where uh, that Bucs offense can can go out and just, you know, just torch somebody and, and all of a sudden be like, oh, okay, look at that. They just they just won that football game. And as usual, if you get hot, good Jameis, they're going to be in it. If he's out of his element and throwing picks left and right, they'll get blown out. I, I just have a hunch that we get a good Jameis in this one. And I'll say this for the Bucks as well. One of the best run defending teams in the NFL against right. one of the teams that like to run the ball the most. Yeah, that's why I think they'll be in it because I think the Seahawks are stubborn and don't really care so much about who the opponent is, the strengths and weaknesses of the opponent. They're going to do what they do. And I don't think that goes so well in this one. A couple of teams with two wins, the Cleveland Browns, two and five on the road against the two and six Denver Broncos. I don't trust the Brownies. And I know the Broncos have a backup quarterback, but a tough place to play. I think this is an ugly, sloppy game with a lot of turnovers and that's exactly what Denver wants, and they can keep handing it to Lindsey and Freeman. 
and hopefully the Browns do the same with Chubb, but I just trust Denver to stay on script in an ugly game more in their building. I got Denver 17-16. I don't like the mojo with the Browns at all right now. Yeah, the Browns favored by four in this one. This is super easy. The home dog, I'm taking the Broncos here, and it's because of the way the Browns are playing, and it's because, and here's the other thing, though, Baker Mayfield, you know, having a little heated discussion with some reporters, maybe there's that chip, and Baker Mayfield seems to play better when he's angry or has something that he's right or wrong uh, mad about, just a little extra motivation there. Does that get the Browns jump-started here on the road? I don't know. Denver's a tough place to play, and yeah, I will take those four points and the Broncos here. The Green Bay Packers are on the road in Los Angeles to face the three and five Chargers. We've talked about this a lot, that it's not much of a home field advantage, if any at all, for the Chargers in L.A. right now. And the Packers travel travel pretty well. There's going to be a lot of green in the stands here. So Packers favored by three and a half. I think they can win big. I'm going to I'm going to take the Packers and give away those points easily. Yeah, I think it's going to be cheeseheads galore. I mean, it's going to be very much like a home game for Green Bay. Fun place to visit and you know, get out of Green Bay for the weekend and go to the West Coast. Um, I think we're going to see that you know throughout the year. I definitely trust Rodgers and his crew much more than the Chargers. Chargers' run defense is bad. They are a bad tackling unit. Aaron Jones blows up again. And I think that Rivers will be under a fair amount of pressure with the bad line, the, the Smith brothers. I know they're not brothers, but you get it. Um, I think that the, the Green Bay Packers win this one 30 to 20 in that neighborhood. I think they win pretty big. Keenan Allen banged up too, one of the best players yeah. on the Chargers team. And I would have loved to see him get moved at the deadline. I knew that wasn't going to happen, even though those rumors were out there that teams had maybe called them to see and check in on Keenan Allen. But, yeah, I agree with everything you just said there about Packers at Chargers. The next one, Sunday Night Football, is an interesting one. I really, 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 really want to pick the Ravens to upset the Patriots. Ravens at home, the 8-0 Patriots in Baltimore facing the 5-2 and Ravens. Yeah, I, I kind of just want to watch this one and not predict it. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, they've been like the Steelers' two biggest rivals. I mean, I pay, pay a little extra attention to these teams, but they're both playing really well. Could the Patriots win this one by 30 like they always do? And we look at a plan and say, boy, Belichick figured out how to slow down Lamar Jackson. Yep. Absolutely that could happen. I mean, there's no doubt. I think the Ravens sneak one out, though. I just think the Patriots' offense – is still searching. I think the Ravens' defense is improving. I think both secondaries will control this game and have a ripple effect throughout the defense. And I think Lamar might get loose on one, or I, I don't, or Marquise Brown gets behind them on one. It's in Baltimore, like 17 16 Ravens. And a key here for me, too, is I think I mentioned it earlier in the week that I bet there's one thing keeping Belichick up at night. And do you know what? It, <laughs> any hunch what that might be? <laughs> it might be Lamar Jackson. I think his kicker situations. Oh well, him yeah, crazy. okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, in the whole Belichick era, it went from Vill- Vinatieri to Goskowski. They put such stress on special teams. Right now, they don't have a kicker, and you're you're playing against Tucker. These are the two best teams on special teams year after year, and these coaches are great on that phase. And I bet Belichick deep down's going, my damn kicker's going to cost me a game soon. And it's funny because they are favored by exactly a field goal. They're lining up to to win that game by three points. I don't th- know if there's a lot of confidence there. That's a great point by you. And, man, I, I just can't wait to see how 
Bill Belichick attacks Lamar Jackson there on defense. Yeah. And if he's able to do it, I think for a team like the 49ers, I cover the 49ers thinking about their schedule, playing the Ravens later in the season. Maybe They're Bill Belichick, maybe he gives them a blueprint. And so that's, you know, that's an interesting scenario here. But man, I really want to p- pick the Ravens, but I just can't. If it was a bigger line, maybe. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, the Patriots might win this by 40. The, the Ravens will not win this game by 40. Here's an upset special for you. The New York Giants at home coming in at 2-6, two, two and six, hosting the 4-3 and three Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I don't think it's an upset special at all. I mean, I like <laughs> where the Giants' offense is going, and I like their big people on defense all of a sudden, you know, with Lawrence and, and Leonard Williams. So maybe the, the Cowboys don't just control the game on the ground with their great offensive line. But I think Dak and Amari and Gallup just throw all over these guys. I think the Cowboys are just a much better team than the Giants right now. For how good the Cowboys are, man, they just have not impressed me in some of the games I've watched. One key, though, and you mentioned Last his name. Last trip to New York didn't go so well. Right, exactly. And <laughs> Sam Darnold, we've seen that Jets team, and they throw up four touchdowns against them. Uh, and that's not on Amari Cooper, but... That's the name that I think matters the most. Amari Cooper is so important to this team. Their offense is really good with him, pedestrian without him so far. With Amari Cooper in there, definitely straight up, I can't predict a Giants win over the Cowboys, but division opponents, you get to see them twice every year. Seven and a half points is the line. I wouldn't blame you if you picked the home dog there and took that touchdown plus. Curious what we see from Saquon and is Jones kind of turning a corner? I mean, I kind of do like where that offense is. Uh, seven and a half is a little bigger than I expected, but I, I, I'm going to take Dallas to win, but I'm not sure I'd lay seven and a half. I wish that was six and a half. And those are the picks. Another great weekend of NFL football ahead. Of course, we'll have it all broken down for you Monday. Oh, folks, you have not been doing a very good job of leaving uh, comments and reviews on iTunes. Get on that or I'm going to get mad at you. So step up. Yes, you do not want Matt Williamson getting mad at you. (laughs) Catch you next week, Locked On NFL.